and welcome to the Business of Property podcast. I'm Stuart. And I'm Simon. We're both property people running our own businesses and this podcast is just us chatting every Wednesday, as we often do, about anything and everything property. Now before we get into the episode, I just want to say we know we've got a, a number of listeners and we thank you all for listening. But please get your thumbs out and leave us a, at least a rating, preferably a rating and review, because not enough of you have done that. So please do that. Just help us spread the message. It will be awfully well received by us. And we, we might even give you a shout out if we, if we feel that way inclined. But back to this week's episode. And Simon, we were just going to have a bit of an update session. And the last time we spoke with you, you were just preparing for potentially a new tenant sorting out a property, rental property that had been rented for some time? Yep. I had a, a fairly long-term set of tenants who'd been there for a couple of years or so. Gave me notice and moved out. They moved on to to elsewhere. Actually, they, they were a group of sharers and they all split up and all went in different directions. But that happened and I had a bunch of repairs to do and reletting process. And that didn't entirely go smoothly. But I think we're going to dig into that in more depth in a, in a future episode, probably. We'll see. But it is done. I have new tenants. They've moved in. It's all completed. Hopefully, they haven't turned it into a, a cannabis farm. Hopefully, they are actually moved in with their, their children as expected <laughs> and um, and living there nicely now. So, uh, so, yeah, I'm very, very pleased to say that that is done for the time being. And they haven't reported any problems yet. So, yeah, my, my tenants are good. How about your tenants, Stuart? Because when we last spoke about updates, you would or you had just changed the letting agent you were using for a number of your your rooms that you were having a little bit of trouble getting tenants for. And you said on that episode that by the time we have another updates episode, you thought you'd be telling us that all of those rooms are full. So, Stuart, are they full? Yes, they are. It... Congratulations. <laughs> and that was news to you as well. It was live and it direct was. on this show. Yeah. <laughs> the new agent has been phenomenal in terms of getting bums on beds, as, as we say. And it, it just shows that you need to get the right people for the right. It's, it's like having the right tools for the right job, isn't it? I'm not denigrating the previous letting agent. I think they're they're very good, very professional people from from my limited experience with them. However, I just I think they were more residential. I don't think they were really for the room by room. And the the new agent filled those three rooms within seven days. In fact, wow. there was there was some serendipity. They got a group of three, and we were looking for three people. But it, it just goes to show me that that. The property was finished on the 3rd of March and the the previous agent had had the property. I think I showed them around the property back in January and we were still looking for those three rooms, as you say, on that episode. you know, So they'd had a good few months to fill those five rooms and the agent that I then selected, had they've already had filled two rooms out of three on a project we hadn't completed, which we talked about as well on the podcast. So I was very confident that... Uh, which is why I made that such a bold statement that by this episode we would have uh, done that, and and they have. So that was positive on that front. I actually thought you were going to ask me about the other tenants that were. So we're, we're selling two houses, and we've got we've got the other end of the problem where we've got tenants that are going to stay that that we don't really want to be there. 
Ah, those ones, yes. <laughs> so actually, that, that leads quite nicely into some of your, your other updates. Actually, I, I'm going to not go into your other updates yet, because despite the, the excellent setup you provided there, I want to talk a bit more about HMO rooms and finding tenants for them, because I think finding three tenants, and, and yes, it was lucky that they came as a group of three, but, but even so, finding three tenants in seven days, that's, that's pretty good going. I think, especially in the current market where HMO rooms are perhaps a little bit softer on demand than, than they have been. Do you know what the the new agents did differently? Is it that they've got sort of pre-existing contacts into, <laughs> into the, the sharers out there somehow? Sort of a, a list of people already looking for, for places or or was it advertising differently or... Yeah, I don't know. I'm going to stop guessing. What, what did they do differently? They, they, yes, they had different channels, so they were using different channels, and that was we discussed this on the previous podcast around the fact that the the other agent was just using Right Move, I believe, not uh, and maybe the main channels, but not using things like Spare Room or yeah, Gumtree. I'm not sure if that was one that was used. But do you know the biggest thing for me was that the 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 new agent just applied a significant amount of desire to get those rooms filled personally. So I know that, that the agent is aware that I have a number of rooms in the area and we'd had challenges in the past, you know, speaking quite candidly. And we'd, you know, we'd had significant, let's say heated debates. You know, you might, you might, some might call them arguments, but we'd had heated debates. However, we'd, we'd gotten through that. And as a gesture of goodwill, I said, look, here's a, is a property for you. If you're able to do this, then you know. Let's let's talk again about what else we've got. And I have to say that he he has approached it with absolute gusto. But to answer your question directly, and this this just shows me that it's 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 largely about desire and application as well as the channels you use. Is that he went back through? I'm going to say back through his Rolodex or his Rolodex, which just <laughs> makes me sound really old. But I'm sure a lot of people know what I'm talking about. But he just went back through all of the the contacts that he'd had in the past that were looking for places and the three guys that he found for the property were actually looking for a house so they wanted a house together and he went back to them and just said look it's it's not a house it's a house share there's going to be two other fellas there that, that you'd share with he said but i think you should have a look because it's really unique because this is the one where we've done all the artwork and all the brickwork and and everything else so he said, why, why don't you just come along and have a look? And yeah, obviously, they went and had a look, sold it in because it is such a good property. And they said, yeah, actually. And, <laughs> you know, so they're, they're already getting on. And the funny thing is, I'm now getting requests for, can we please put a hot tub in the garden? <laughs> just, just to close this story down, I said no. <laughs> Very quickly. The, the point being is that clearly they're gelling as a group already in that property, which is which is That's great. Good. Yeah. So I think they used different channels, but it was a fact that, that he had just had this desire to get those rooms filled. And I don't know what the pre previous agent did or didn't do, but I, what I know is that they weren't going back through the records and looking for it. And given that I, I'm pretty confident that this agent would have filled those rooms back in February before we'd even finished has led me to, to to look at, okay, in the future now, if I'm looking at residential, I'll use this agent. If I'm looking at 
house share with this type of property where we've gone premium, I'll use this agent. And then I've got other properties where I'd probably use a slightly different agent because I know they have a really good access into the to the workers market aside from professionals. So I think that was a real big learning for me. Yeah. Did you manage to achieve the the rents you wanted? Yes. Yeah. It's um I haven't got the numbers handy, but if I think about what that property was renting for this time last year, we were getting roughly I think it was around 1200 which was which was pennies, which was pennies for the property that it was. But as talked about on other episodes, it, it was the fact that the, the property needed a little bit of upkeep, not not much. I mean, we'd, we'd refurbed it back in 2015, but the, the tenant profile had dipped. But we, we've doubled that now. So we are roughly, yeah, we, it's, it's roughly generating two and a half K. So it's more than doubled the rent, the gross rent. Wow, that's an excellent result. It is. I mean, we've spent significant sums on it, so it, it didn't come for free. We, we um, you know, knocked through, created five on suites, as, as you know, we talked about it previously. But so, so the significant funds spent on it, but that's what we wanted to do, and and that is now the flagship property. Wow, that's all excellent news and fantastic. That they're they're full, and the the rent level you're looking for, and you've massively increased the. Uh, the income from that property, obviously, from from in, investing money into it, but, uh, but yeah, that's all all fantastic news. So, shall we move on to the uh, the slightly uh, more more difficult updates? <laughs> well, the difficult updates have gotten better. So, one of the tenants <laughs> who who wasn't making any signs to move at all, but I started booking in or scheduling in appointments to go in and have a look at the property because this particular tenant had gone MIA and was no longer responding to texts. But because I was then scheduling, because I always wanted to kind of look at the, the, the standard of the property, make sure things were being fixed. Because of that, I think the tenant then messaged me and we had a conversation. I just said, look, if, if you're having problems, please just keep open lines of communication. And I was quite honest and just said that, because if, if you're worrying about it, if you're having worries, talk to me because I'm going to help you solve them. And if you're not talking to me, the problem's only going to get worse. But anyway, so we, uh, although we don't have a date for her leaving and that property is being purchased, I feel that we're getting closer. And at least I've got an open line of communication. The more interesting one, I think, for sharing is that the studio flat we're selling, so this is the one we had a short-term let that was agreed as such, verbally discussed as such, paperwork signed as such, let's put the legalities aside, then then seemed to be going down the legal route because this person then contacted the council and the council then told us, well, no, you can't, you can't evict someone. And my response was, we don't want to. But we did reach out to the tenant and just expressed our surprise and disappointment that given all of the conversations we'd had about it being a short-term let, that the tenant then wanted to stay in for a long term. The good news is very recently... We spoke with the tenant, we just booked things in and the tenant agreed to move out. And we were due to exchange on that property two days uh, after that event. And most of that was because... That was cutting it a bit fine. (laughs) Cutting it very fine. And the buyer, bearing in mind we've had this buyer for a few months now, the buyer was quite uh, insistent, well... 
firstly, the property had to be empty on exchange because that was the agreement for for what we had. You you can obviously make agreements for tenants to stay, but that requires a whole different set of paperwork. The tenant had, uh, sorry, the buyer then wanted to come and see the property, which we we said is fine. The buyer had also ensured that we'd run an electrical report. Two days before exchange, I got a call from one of the neighbours who said, I've just found out that you're going to sell your property. And I said, well, it's due for exchange in two days. So I'm sorry, you know, it's 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 off the market because this neighbor was quite interested in, in buying it. The day before exchange, and as of this recording, we, we need to see where it pans out. But the day before exchange, we had a note via the solicitor that said that the buyer's solicitor wanted the ground rent capped at £1,000 per annum. Now, the current ground rent is £150 and it doubles every 25 years. So by 2093, it will be over that figure because it will be £1,200. Now, I know some people are, are quite meticulous and want to cover all angles, but I don't know about you or anyone else listening. In 2093, I'm not sure how concerned I would be, given the rate of inflation, about that £1,200. Right. So let's work this out. You've got £150. And what are we going to assume? Rate of inflation of 2% a year? Let's just go for that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what, 93 years, what, 70 odd years from now? Yep. Okay. So just just increasing 150 quid by inflation, assuming it's consistent the whole time. That works out about 600 quid. So okay. 1,200 quid is, is kind of double the rate of inflation or rate of probable likely inflation. So maybe. However, I think their concerns are probably a bit misplaced because I think leasehold is going through a, a, a lot of reform at the moment or is in the next five, 10 years, it is going to go through a lot of reform. And I think ground rents, certainly doubling ground rents are probably going to be a thing of the past by mm. then anyway. So yeah. I, I, I don't think this I don't think they really need to worry about it from that point of view. If it was doubling every five years or every ten years, like some of the, the really bad sounding recent ones, then then maybe you'd you'd have a concern. But twenty five years? Well lenders lenders apparently have a bigger issue with it. If if it ten off if it's under ten or fifteen, and this is probably noteworthy for anyone listening, if you've got a ground rent which doubles more for any more frequently than 10 and 15 years so anything from zero to 15 mortgage companies may well have an issue with it but what you've just said is is absolutely right and this was kind of as i said to you before we recorded my first reaction to this was they're looking for a reason not to buy now why is it, and i've seen this before where something will be found where they go oh, okay this is the reason we don't need to buy of course, we are. We have, we're going to respond. We have responded to all of these points, and you know the one that you mentioned. Okay, fine. Yeah, it it isn't it isn't reasonable then if we say okay, if if it reasonably would be expected to have increased to six hundred pounds and it's twelve hundred. Okay, it's six hundred pounds more in seventy two years time. However, one of our points back via the solicitor was there is a lot of change happening on leasehold right now. So in seventy two years. There may not be such a thing as leasehold, number one, <laughs> or it may look very different. 
and in fact the rights may well have changed so and then the final point that uh that our solicitor said was uh to, to try and just get this over the line he said that that you can get an indemnity policy that to protect future lenders at 33 pounds and i assume that's per annum so at a minimal cost, you, one could protect oneself with £33. So I feel that we've now just sort of thrown it all over the fence. But as, as we recall today, we don't know where this is going to wash out. So this is one to watch for us. It seems like a bit of a strange request as well from, from a buyer to you as a seller, because you can't control it. If you're not the freeholder, you, don't, you can't set these... You can't set the ground rent and, and the rules as well. So it, it seems such a but, but that's request. why my the, the cynic in me says that this is you know this is for for reasons of actually I need a reason to pull out and this is one what versus just coming out and saying do you know what I've changed we, we've changed our minds we don't want to buy. Yeah. How long's left on the lease? Oh, I extended it before. I extended it a couple of years ago, so it's it's probably one hundred twenty. It's probably around two hundred something like that. Okay, so. So yeah, it's um, it goes way beyond that time anyway. So yeah, they haven't got other issues first. The, the irony is, and the reason I mentioned about the neighbour because the neighbour phoned me the the day before this all happened and said, "Oh, yeah, I'm quite interested in buying your house." And I said, oh, "I'm really sorry, we're about to exchange." And then the next day we get this bombshell. So, and I tried to explain to my wife. So my wife, you know, we really thought, you know, we actually went through she went through quite a lot of stress and we, we went through stress. I mean, I, I kind of accept it as what we do, but to get to a point where we didn't know the tenant was actually going to leave the property. We just didn't. We just said, we're going to check you out and we'll be there on this day at this time. We weren't sure whether if we got there, the door would just be shut and she'd be inside and says, go and go to the council or not. So to get there and to actually be able to check someone out was a big relief. We get that relief and then, you know, <laughs> on the one hand, you go, oh, good. OK, we've got an empty property again because we weren't sure if she was going to stay another six months. And then all of a sudden, we're not sure the sale's going to proceed. Yeah, it's just typical, isn't it? You put all that effort into to dealing with the, the, the tenant and helping them work out what they're doing and the, making the right decision. In that expectation, you're then going to have a sale to, to progress. And then suddenly... It's all up in the air again. It's, uh, yeah, so frustrating. <laughs> As I said to my wife, welcome to property. <laughs> yep, it does seem to be that way, doesn't it? <laughs> it's, yeah, one, one thing after another. It is. As, uh, yeah, as we'll talk about at some point in the future, I think, when we, we come back to my, my recent maintenance. But have you got any other updates to, to bring in? Or or could we just just maybe finish this episode on time i think that was it in terms of updates we are we are selling another property which touchwood is going through the conveyancing process again just waiting for updates the the buyer has had their valuation so i'm just waiting to hear back to ensure that that's agreed with our selling price as we know that that can be variable but um yes other than that we are fully up to date i believe fantastic do you have an EWS1 form for your Croydon flat yet? No, we do have three quotes. The managing agent has three quotes for the EWS1 form, ranging from, actually, I oh know, I probably can't say that, but we have quotes. <laughs> and when I say we, they have quotes. So we are now waiting for them to select a quote 
and instruct the work. So we don't know if we are going to be waiting three months, six months, a year. I'm trying to to get another investor to uh, provide the capital because we're still on the bridge on that one, actually. Fortunately, they haven't been, the bank hasn't been provide, uh, putting a lot of pressure on us on that. And we have tenants in there. So there's a little less pressure on it. But if the, if the bridge bridging lender wants to start applying pressure, things could get a bit choppy. And, uh, just on, I know you don't want to name specific values for those quotes, but I am curious, are, are they sort of hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands? What, what does it cost to, to get an EWS one form, just ballpark? Yeah, yeah we're, we're talking about sing, single digit thousands to the mid between 10 and 20s. Wow, it's quite quite a big range and quite expensive. <laughs> it, it is a big range, and my feeling will be that the price will be dependent on uh, the expedience to which they could do the survey. So, yeah, I would imagine if they can do it sooner, they're charging the the big bucks versus yeah, yeah we can do it in roughly twenty twenty three. That's uh, that that would be fifteen hundred <laughs> pounds, please, sir. <laughs> but um, we uh, the other. Uh, Nice side note on that one is we did reach out to, so I mentioned again previously that there's 20 flats in the in the building, which is a, a mixed commercial and resi, and 10 of those are owned by the managing agent, but 10 are independent landlords like me and my company, and we reached out to 10 of those people. Three of them have responded, so we're trying to get a little collective together because aside from the fact that we could all just sit in a virtual room and and swear about our experiences with the, the current managing agent. Hopefully, there'll be some more persuasiveness in numbers if if a few of us can just get together and, and even collectively just start emailing, writing letters, and, and so on. Yep, strength in numbers. That's uh, could be worth trying. Yep. Cool. Shall we finish up for this time then? Yes. So. For everyone listening, as per usual, everything will be on thebusinessofproperty.com. Please do leave us a rating or review. It really will help to get the message out and support the show if you're getting value from it. And if you're listening now, then hopefully you are. And other than that, we will see you next Wednesday. Wednesday.